0: Discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the
1: Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Just like, hey, remember Abraham? Like, it can't be Abraham. There's no camels. Oh, I want to buy it. And they're like, no, we want
2: to give it to you. No, I want to buy it. Well, don't we do this? two
1: Mennonites arguing. Anyways, there's a cool thing with the Zazel in there, but that's not really it. Let's, no. No, 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 no. no. no, no, no. This isn't about demons, this is something else. How very Catholic of you. And that's a dope story.
0: (laughs) Man, this went nowhere. Alright, I'd like to welcome everyone to the podcast, uh, Second Rate Saints podcast, that is. I'm Caleb, to my left is... I'm Joel. And to my left is... I'm Colton.
2: And to my left... I'm Joshua. To my left is back to Caleb.
1: Cool. Yeah, before we start off, I just want to plug our social medias as we've been uh, a little more active online. Um, We're on Instagram at Second Rate Saints. Uh, We got a website, www.secondratesaints.com, where you can find the links to everything we're doing book reviews, blog posts, podcasts, shorts, anything. You can all all find it on there. Um, Yeah, so just check us out on there. Um, But to start off with our first segment, Caleb, what have you been reading?
0: I read a book um, called "Understanding Biblical Theology: uh, A Comparison of Theory and Practice" by Edward Clink the Third and uh, Darian Lockett. They're so both cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're both Biola professors. Um, Biola University, that is. Um, it's fascinating, actually. Like if you're interested in what the difference between biblical theology and systematic theology, and why there's such a variety of approaches in biblical theology mm. and where the field is at at its current moment in, you know, 20... Actually, I think it was written in, like, 2016 or something, but it's, it's still very contemporary. It moves about as fast as that with biblical <laughs> theology. <It's laughs> a lot of changes.
1: Oh,
3: well, yeah, mm. okay.
0: Um, it definitely got changed a lot in the 50s and 60s, that's for sure. Very different now. Uh, it goes over five... Different approaches, starting from like an emphasis on history, and then moving towards like more gradient kind of progression towards an emphasis on the- theological reading, so historical mm. reading on one end, theological reading on the other. Just and then it-
4: as a reminder, uh, what does he say biblical theology is?
1: Well, that, well, I mean, it's a spe- it's a it's a gradient, the
0: spectrum. I've I've also read yeah, some of this fight. book, so yeah. I'm not
1: just butting in. I do actually know about the book. <laughs> Everyone and, just seems to have a different opinion. Yeah. Well, that, that's kind of his whole point. Sorry.
0: It's okay. Um in layman's terms, as simple as I can, and this doesn't mm-hmm. isn't true in like hyper specifics, but generally speaking, biblical theology is what is the theology the Bible is explicitly trying to say? Systematic theology would be what does the church believe? Okay. Um constructive theology would then be like, what is it's like systematics but on steroids. But whatever, that's a new development and nobody cares.
2: And then you have historical theology. What has the church believed over time and how it's developed? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, biblical theology is, yeah, that, the very centered on the text, specifically. What is that text explicitly saying? Um, yeah, and he goes over the approach of several, like, big names, James Barr, D.A. Carson, N.T. Wright, uh, Biverd Childs, and Francis Watson. Um, for me, the, the two that I liked were N.T. Wright and D.A. Carson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a great book. I'd highly highly recommend it. I have a review already up on the uh, book review section. It's just under two hundred pages. Um, it is a little technical. What were the five perspectives
2: like? As like read. their names? Yeah.
0: Historical description, which is full buy-in to like the historical grammatical method of reading scripture mm-hmm. that hermeneutic, almost mm-hmm. to the degree of like you can't extract different like a cohesive theology across multiple things you can't are, even mix them kind of thing is that is that not one? just not mix them you can't create a linear progression of thought
4: oh well, each individual book has its own story don't mix it or not even don't mix it don't compare it to other ones
0: basically in comparison you will lose the individual individuality of each okay um d.a carson which would be called which would be uh history of redemption which is extremely popular especially in north america yep. um and north american schools is more like this is their snapshots of God's process of history, redemptive history throughout throughout time. And they're snapshots of our progressive knowledge, progressive revelation um, of God and where they're at and they're moving forward. Um, and he writes very similar. It's, th- th- these guys call his whole thing worldview story because uh, it's like, ah, it's a thing. He deals hard with narratives and it's kind of like, the Bible presents the grand mer- meta-narrative, still very biblical, not biblical, very, still very historical. His is the middle point. Um, it is very historical because those people articulated that grand story in the present moment. But contemporary readers are invited to read that grand story and ha- what is their place in it now that it's progressed to where it is okay. now and how do I operate with it? You know? Um Canonical approach is very—it's hard to—it's hard to actually rationalize that one. It kind of goes that it, it leans heavy on divine authorship of okay. everything, and therefore doesn't. It matters less what the individual human author was saying in that in those times, and it's more that God knew what the final canon form was going to be.
4: How God guided how it's written, kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: But God created. It as an interconnected document, okay. and he knew what was coming ahead. Therefore, mm-hmm. he prepped the right. before. Okay.
1: So, does that give the reader the ability of reading the New Testament into the Old Testament? Yeah. Rather yeah. than just seeing the Old Testament as a foreshadowing of what would come,
0: foreshadowing would be more heavily like uh, historic history of redemption, and anti-rights worldview okay. story. Okay. Um, then you have theological construction. Which, to be honest with you, is a weird. Like, even in the book, it goes on to it. It's like this is kind of blurring hermeneutics with systematic theology. Okay. It's it's interesting that it's in this book. Um, it's all right. It's I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that being called biblical theology. I may have just showed my hand a little bit. But uh,
1: is that close to the canonical approach?
0: No. It well, it, it is close. Yeah. That would be one step further on the theology gradient. Even more towards the theological, idea. yeah. Um, it's phenomenal. The only reason why I don't give it a five out of five stars is I don't think everyone on every Christian should read it. Right. Um, it's I gave it a four point five out of star, a four point five out of five stars. Um, it's great.
4: It's on its topic. It does a fantastic job. Yeah,
0: and it's super. Like it is introductory, introductory, very introductory. But it has some technical terms, and it does require you to a little bit of academic buy in. Great. Do you, life,
4: yeah. do you feel like you understand biblical theology now?
0: I do walk away with more questions than answers right now. Uh, that's but, the nature of it, yeah.
2: But at wow. least it's better than being in your third year, you're about to think about your paper, and you're, you only have questions. Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah that would be terrible, hey? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, does,
0: it does flesh out, like, these are the proposed answers. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like like the author's big thing is, let's not get the scholars talking past each other. Yep. Let's start working together. And it's it's good. Yep. Yeah, Let's bring in some um, unity to that. Exactly. But yeah. in terms of biblical theology, oh boy. Most of the time they always start off at Genesis because <sighs> that's how the book goes. Yep. Right close we, to Genesis, Abraham pops up. Yes.
2: Josh, take it away. Okay. Um so we're starting a four-part series, kind of like with our creation one, but now we're doing the patriarchs and Joseph because if you're doing the patriarchs it all leads up to Joseph, and Joseph is the capstone of Genesis. And so, we've we've kind of done everything in Genesis except for Cain and Abel and the flood. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say can everything. A flood episode. Yeah.
1: Just like on a random night. Yeah. I'm, They're backups.
2: Cain and Abel's easy.
1: What is it? Is it?
2: Um, uh-huh. it's a great story. But anyways, we're not talking about Cain and Abel. We're talking <laughs> about Abraham. Um, who are so the, who are the four patriarchs that we're going to cover? The four patriarchs are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob, also known as Israel, the prototype for the nation. Mm-hmm. of That would be Israel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> hey. The, and then also
4: Joseph. And then also Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is Joseph not traditionally
2: called a patriarch?
0: Technically. Te- technically. Yeah, because okay. like
2: the patriarchs are whenever God says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, I, I see. I see. <laughs> but
0: Genesis presents them in such yeah, a unified matter yeah. manner that it's like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, the editor of Genesis is because, clearly thinking go in that direction. Also,
2: it's uh, the tribes of Israel, the sons of Israel. Joseph is not mentioned. It's two of his sons take his place. Mm. Um, and so there's this weird interplay. Right, like, right. like Joseph kind of doesn't exist in the family tree.
1: Well, he kind of did that to himself when he gave his like. Firstborn no, his to his brothers did it to him when. They, and, when the,
2: his brothers did it to him when they killed him. But this episode is
1: not yeah. about Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. about Joseph, but now I kind of <laughs> want to talk about him. So. You're right, <laughs> but you you get to do Joseph Joel. Oh yeah, I forgot that was the episode after for Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
4: Well, you have that
2: to Sorry. look forward to. But today yeah. we talk about Abraham. Yeah. So there's some quick historical notes that you have to get into. When when does Abraham take place? uh in the book of genesis it's chapter 12 to 20 25. 25 yeah yeah 25 is the death of abraham that uh 13 chapter span in genesis is 100 years
3: mhm uh-huh.
2: it starts when abraham is uh, 75
1: years old mhm and hmm. this takes place after noah
0: yeah when
1: there's a limit to 120 years
0: yeah Mm. Mm. so okay, okay
1: <laughs> I, is this... we have to get in the we story. know the
0: answer to this problem. I, do we? I, tell okay. me so. Josh, tell me, tell me the answer. Um, from when it
2: takes Noah 120 years to build the ark yep, um, yep. so when God says, I limit these people's uh life to 100, 120 years, I will not let the spirit be within them for 120 years. Yep. um it's that's the point in which it would take for Noah to build the ark until the flood <laughs> comes until the flood comes.
1: Rather
4: mm. than the the age that people live. It's
1: a long yeah. time to build a boat, though, isn't it? It's a long
4: time.
0: Yeah. It's a big boat, though.
1: But I feel like the wood would rot. Never mind. I'm, sorry. I'm <laughs> getting off my own stuff. But also,
0: that's, again, <laughs> our, <laughs> the, the flood. Um Yeah. With Abraham. Yes. It's presenting that he lived a really long time. 175 <laughs> yes. years. Yes. People don't live that long. You're right. We do.
2: What do we do? This is... The way, the beautiful part that I love about Abraham is it is the bridge that we, I'm just going to do it now because it's just a one-off point. The style of the writing quickly shifts. The story before this is the Tower of Babel, mm-hmm. chapter 11. And that ends the like prehistory myth of Genesis 1 to 11, that kind of writing style, mm-hmm. directly into narrative, like historical narrative. Um the way that the notes, the way it's written, the structure's different. Um, it it seems much more real. It's not like you're reading a myth where it's like, and this person built an ark, and then the flood came, and then the birds were given, and then uh, a couple days later, the world's not destroyed anymore. Um, what you start to see is a guy living in a real real towns that exist today, doing normal things. He's wealthy, interacts with normal people in historical sites. For a long period of time, it's not this like one-off story, mm-hmm. um, and so you, what you get with Abraham more so than the later books is this blend of this transition. Mm-hmm. You get you get notes of references to that story,
3: mm-hmm.
2: meaning the 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 main thing there is there in the covenant, which is going to come up. There is a phrase where he says, "I'm going to make a name for you," and that's and I'm going to bless the nations. Through you, right, and that's direct referencing the story in the chapter beforehand, which is let us build a tower to make a name for ourselves, bring God down. Oh, that's mm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so basically, the, the the Tower of Babel ends with man's rise in sin, the, the 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 opposing God getting together rather than spreading out, building this tower opposing God. We're going to make a name for ourselves, and then Abraham starts with God. God's way to fix humanity instead right. of uh, man's way to fix the problem of sin. Yeah, um, yep. and so you've got this. It's cool. It's now God is mm-hmm. interplaying into history and in a positive way. In the positive way, rather than just these series of destructions and judgments, mm-hmm. um, though they are good um, in their own way. Yep. Um, and so the the story of yeah, Abraham takes place over 100 years. Um he moves he him and his family get a he lives in the city of Ur. Mm-hmm. Um Ur of the Chaldees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um which is near Babylon, which is It's
1: maybe proto-Babylon. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um which is near potentially it's in the land of Shinar. Yeah, which would be near the Tower it's of Babel, right Sumer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he leaves through the Fertile Crescent, gets called by God to move to Canaan with his family. Yep. They move to Haran. They stay for a while. His father there, Terah, yep. Yep. dies there. And then Abraham gets called again to move, lands in Shechem, and then goes down into Canaan. In that time in Canaan, um, he goes to Egypt for a while. There's the famous story of Sarah... Gets taken It might get taken by the king, Pharaoh. Yeah. And so Aram's like, hey, tell him you're my sister because in places where people have beautiful wives, kings will just kill the husbands to take them. You see that reflected later with David, with Bathsheba. He wants Bathsheba. He kills the husband. Well, also like a,
1: yeah. a favoritism thing going there. Like if it is yeah. his sister, then he would have favor with the king. Yes. And be allowed to keep, because he likely had a lot of flocks and stuff like that yes. at well, this point, he, right? He
0: comes out richer than when he went in. Every Everywhere
2: Abraham goes, he comes out richer, yeah. yeah, which is part of the blessing. You've got, and then Abraham, uh, Abraham and Lot have a disagreement about who gets the good land because two giant wealthy people in this small parcel of land. Canaan is about the size of, the, if you look on a map, the lower mainland of Canada, East British Columbia. It's only 100 kilometers long.
4: New York, uh, downtown. From
2: Vancouver to Hope is the whole land of Israel. Yeah. Except ours is horizontal, Israel's vertical. And so there's not a lot of land where they are. Uh, So Abraham allows Lot, hey, you pick which region you want, I'll go to the other region. Lot is a dick. uh, (sighs) He's like, it's greener over there. It's greener on the other side, I'm picking that place. Mm -hmm. Abraham's like, okay. But that ends up um, screwing over Lot later. Um, Abraham then makes... Uh, he meets Melchizedek, uh, the famous sci- man. Kind of Theophany, Christophany figure. Yeah. Be, be careful there, yeah. bud. I'm not... No, no, no. It, it's at least... he Hebrews makes the connection to Christ, at least in theological meaning in the story. Yes. He's the
0: priest he of the most type. high, right? Sorry? He's he a type. Yes. Yep. Of a priest king, which yep. isn't necessarily... The first time even in Genesis, because Abraham, not Abraham, because uh, Adam has yes. those elements mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And so... Can
1: we define Christophany for a second? Because that's not super commonly used. Yeah. So... It's a quick definition of Christophany. Okay. Sure.
0: So, a, here, I'll start off with theophany. Yes. Um, which is just, it's a manifestation of God in the physical world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christophany is just a more specific, that's Jesus' manifestation in the physical world. Yeah. Um,
1: but isn't that a little looser than? It's how like a
4: revelation of God in the physical world, revelation of Christ in the physical world to a certain degree. A like you would you would
0: call Paul's vision and Christophany.
4: Yes. Yeah, or okay, a yeah. lot of people yeah. draw the man standing in the fire as Christ in Daniel. Yeah. Whether or not no. that is no. Yeah, well, that's well, the, the answer is no. But we'll pe- talk. People, about A lot of people, people say that. <laughs> Even <laughs> Jacob yeah. wrestling with yeah. the
0: angel, which we'll get yeah. to. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the angel, angel of the Lord stuff, and so there's 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 figures. And and that that well, people will say that and mm-hmm. Melchizedek is one of them. Yes, um, he is at very least a type of a of a yeah. priest king. I would lean that way. Um,
2: Melchizedek means king of righteousness. He is the king of Salem, which is in the same place as Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which is interesting later on because that will become the city where God is worshipped. And Melchizedek is the priest and king of the Lord Mo- of the Most High. Yep, and they appear to worship the same God, Abraham. Yes. Him. And Abraham gives him ten percent of his wealth, which is where you get the tithing later on in mm. Leviticus. Um oh, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um and then um Is it his I think it's his plunder. Is it his wealth or his plunder? The plunder he gets from helping yeah. save Lot with the other kings. Yeah. Okay. Which is cool because this eighty-five-year-old man goes to war <laughs> with like a couple hundred of his servants and rescues his nephew mm-hmm. yep. with from other kings from other
0: kings of cities. King. Let's okay, <laughs> just just to strain it out though. Yeah, you shouldn't be thinking of like medieval kings. No, no, you should be thinking like the big guy who rules. The yeah, that 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 city town over yep. there that has you know a couple hundred, maybe a couple yeah. thousand people in it. Well, maybe in,
2: instead of a medieval king, he would be like a medieval lord of a manor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but still, awesome, <laughs> yeah. Man, it gives me a Caleb vibes when after the conquering, Caleb, eighty year old man, God's like, God promised me this mountain, and he's like, Yo, Jim, his twenty year old like shield bear, we're taking this hill. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. And then uh, Abraham lives in Canaan for ten years, and then there's the whole Ishmael story, where God had promised Abraham a son, but he's old, his wife Sarah's old. They're in their 80s, and Sarah says, "Hey, take my servant, Hagar. This is common practice at the time. There's historical notes of it. uh you have a child through her, and it'll be counted as mine." uh Abraham does it. They have a child. Uh-huh. it's named Ishmael. Sarah then gets jealous. Yeah, so, but you before she gets jealous, you have the covenant uh, of circumcision uh, brought in. Um, God gives the covenant for the second time the first time is right before he's living in canaan for fifteen years uh that one notably there's no conditions um and it is the blessings of is the blessings of a son a nation land and that he would be blessed and through him the whole world would be blessed mm-hmm. and that's significant because that is later on realized in Christ a lot of that
0: Yes, I. You could make the argument that other places outside of Israel at times were also blessed yes. because of Israel, and Absolutely. technically in Genesis, Joseph is going to be a big one. Yeah. Joseph specifically is, yeah. has, blesses all of the all of the nations yeah. because he you know stored up the grain in in, uh, yeah. in Egypt and everybody survives the famine because of that. Yeah, and you see the the promise of blessing
2: is. Everywhere Abraham leaves he gets wealthier <laughs> he's he's given wealth he's he, in battles he ends up taking plunder when he leaves Egypt he gets wealthier God provides for him constantly showing that mm-hmm. faithfulness to the promise the he doesn't see the nation the only part of the land that he gets is his burial plot mm-hmm. that he 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 has this really fun argument when he's dying where he He's like i want to buy it and they're like no you've been so good to us we want to give it to you no i want to buy it no you've been so good to us we want to give it to you no i want to buy it come on don't make me do this (laughs) they're like no we're giving it to you and then it's like two mennonites arguing (laughs) yeah um and so he gets this plot of land he's it's given to him He's, he's blessed uh he gets the sun the nation comes later god promises him he tells him 400 years when My grace for this area is up when the Amorites have reached their point. Your people will be freed from Egypt Mm -hmm. and freed from bondage. and Made into a nation. Made into a nation and annihilate these people as my judgment on the world, on this specific area for their sins. So after that covenant, you got the birth of Ishmael. Then the covenant is sealed through circumcision. And that is, there's one condition brought in, but it's a different condition from... Like the Levitical law conditions, where it's like you have to do this, blah blah blah, blah because this is in a, a practice of initiation, the seal and sign of the covenant, and then that condition is done. Right. You can't undo circumcision.
0: There's no jokes. Many Keep have going. Tried, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just anatomical. Um, <laughs> um, yep. And so once you're in, you're in, and from then on, God is faithful to hold the promise, even when you sin. And you see that throughout Abraham's story. Yes. Abraham sins. He does these horrible things, like almost getting Pharaoh and a bunch of people in Egypt killed um, by lying about yeah. Sarah's identity. Did he
4: lie? We'll get into Half, Half-sister.
2: <laughs> half-sister. Um, oh. I mean, explicitly, um, yes, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Um, and then you've got later on with Ishmael trying to s- fulfill the covenant himself. The promise himself by yep. creating a child but God tells him hey don't do that but then there's no punishment hmm do
1: you think that has to do with the unilateral covenant of Abraham
2: like yes then? so okay. you're right when the covenant is made when they enter the valley he has to cut up the animals in half mm-hmm. to set on either side of the hill so yeah. that the blood runs down in the middle and then the two parties walk through and if anybody breaks the conditions of the covenant the person who breaks it will be made like the animals that they walk through. Mm-hmm. that's what a covenant is.
1: And that's an excellent example of God using the surrounding culture of Abraham to affirm his relation to Abraham.
2: It's yeah. just so cool. Mm-hmm. I it's one of the yeah. coolest parts. But God goes through alone. He makes Abraham sleep and he goes through alone telling him signifying that it's it's on my faithfulness. Yeah. You if yeah. if Abraham there is yep. no
4: weight on Abraham's part to fulfill and, up and yep. upkeep keep his end.
2: Yep. Except later on the circumcision, yep. which brings him into it. Mm-hmm. And that's important because you see then. But the reason why is because part of it is he's not given the law. Mm-hmm. Moses is given the law later. They answer to the Mosaic covenant. Um, and that one has that that uh conditional it's aspect. It's much different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the you you do the thing to get the blessing. It's that through continual sin and breaking of the covenant, you are finally cut off, Mm -hmm. which is important. And so, and then you've got the Sodom and Gomorrah story that everybody, even non-Christians know. Lot has some guests over, some angels, and they go to bring him out uh, because uh, God is going to judge the city and so god sends two angels on the behalf of abraham who asks him hey can you get my nephew out of there and so he brings them out the city is judged fire rains down from heaven onto the city mm-hmm. then you go and then lot's wife is turned into a pillar of so salt because she turns around when god yeah. says don't turn around abimelech another story like the pharaoh story they go into town abimelech takes sarah god visits abimelech in a dream and says hey if you touch her I'm gonna kill you and everybody you know. And then people's okay. like, whoa, wait, I didn't I had no idea. I haven't touched her, blah blah blah. And God's like, Cool, we're good. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'm not gonna do anything. And you didn't know. And then you have the birth of Isaac. Sarah gets jealous. Sarah tells Abraham to get Hagar out of here. Abraham says, Okay, sends Hagar out. Reluctantly.
0: Reluctantly,
4: because mm-hmm. it's his kid. Mm-hmm. And what he perceives to be the the
0: fulfillment of the prophecy to some extent it's actually yeah. it's actually god who's like yeah let them let them go yeah cuz abraham's like i don't i don't know this feels bad
2: yeah but she has the kid but when hagar goes and she's getting thirsty she's dying of thirst cuz she's in the desert mm-hmm. um and she can't bear to see ishmael die she puts him underneath a bush and she goes around a rock and hides and then an angel comes He's like, hey, what God sees you. He's not he promised to Abraham the blessing of his children. It's, you're not the promised child, but I still promised that I would bless him and his family. Um so she finds water because of the angel. Ishmael's taken care of. That great nation will be coming out of him too, but yeah. just not the chosen nation. Yeah. 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 And that's a keynote. Not just in, there's much to take away from that story, but specifically with the themes we're going to get to is that is God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Even when you are unfaithful, God is faithful. And so then you get to uh, the offering of Isaac as a sacrifice, the great story. We'll get into that specifically in a bit. Then the death of Sarah, when Abraham is 137 years old, Abraham then sends a servant to get Isaac a wife. Abraham dies at
1: 175. You skipped over a point there. That's not yes. important, and everyone skips over it. But his second wife, Keturah, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, has a son, Midian, mm-hmm. who then has the tribe of the Midianites, which mm-hmm. is then Jethro the Midianite, yes. who is a priest. and I think that he serves Yahweh, and he helps mm-hmm. get the Israelites back out of Egypt. So I just think it's cool that yeah. even through Abraham's line, yeah, God is working outside of Egypt as well as within. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I just think it's cool.
0: Oh uh, yeah, the I feel like we could camp on so many of those things. That like I want to go back say, to yeah. Chazadec. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, why does that matter well, so
1: much? We're gonna
2: we're gonna do that, but I feel like we got to get through some of the structures of the story. Caleb, yeah. you put in that there is a there's a structure to the story of Abraham. Oh boy!
1: <laughs> All right, so you'll, you'll, never, you'll never guess what kind of structure it is.
0: <laughs> we only talk about one. It's a chiasm, everybody. <laughs> The okay, so chiasm, real short, two points, mm-hmm. and then imagine they're going to the right and they converge in the middle, kind of forming yes. an
2: arrow. Yes, or a, a greater than symbol. Well, in Hebrew, they go to the left. Wow. No, <laughs> it's, the chiasm is based on the key of Greek, the X, and so the Holy middle point. B- anyway, yeah. so-
0: Is it actually? Yeah. The, oh. ce- the center point <laughs> is the most important. That's what the, it's trying to be emphasized. That's like the the interpretive key even sometimes.
2: Yeah. The, the the first and the last verses or chapters or stories match mm-hmm. in theme. The second first and the second last match. That yes. pattern yeah. goes all the way to the middle. Yes. Until, yeah.
0: And so I'm going to try to run through it as fast as I can. Yeah. I'm going to say 1A for like the top portion and then the... the Matching number, and B is the matching on the coming out of the yeah. middle portion. A descending down, B Yes. ascending up. So you have the genealogy of Terra as 1A, and that's uh, in chapter 11. You have the promise of a nation, the start of Abraham's spiritual odyssey in chapter 12, beginning of chapter 12, and that's 2A. 3A, um, God protects and enriches Abraham despite his deceitfulness in Egypt, mm-hmm. which is the last part of 12. Um, 4a Abraham chooses uh, land by faith, and Lot chooses it by sight, which is beginning of 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I think it's all of 13. Um, 5a Abraham um, intercedes for Sodom and Lot in and in war, and so that's that's when he goes to war with those kings, saves, rescues them. Yeah, and that's also the the Sodom. Uh, no, it's not the Sodom and Gomorrah. That's where not he goes to because he de- he talks to the king of Sodom. Um, and well, and he gives him back some of the, some of the riches too. Yeah, yeah, that's what's so going
4: that he on there. didn't he uh, couldn't be said that was he uh, he was, was he, enriched because of Sodom. Exactly,
0: uh, and then you have this, the the central portion, which is six a and six b, so they're matching in this case, mm-hmm. which is between chapters fifteen and eighteen. So it's six uh, a, the land covenant with Abraham, and Ishmael being born, mm-hmm. uh, and then six b the seed covenant with Abraham and Isaac being born. And so you have the two, the two sons, As one the, of the, one is the, the apex. Covenant. Yes. That, that is, that's the middle portion. You have this, the son that came through human effort, trying to bring about God's, God's plan and God's promise. And then the actual son of the covenant, son of the promise mm. um, and mm. the continuation of Abraham's seed. And then coming out of the center portion. Mm. So five B Abraham intercedes for Sodom and Lot in prayer. That's when Sodom gets wiped off the map and Lot gets taken out, which as is not out of the city. Which <laughs> is the parallel to Sodom and Lot at war. Exactly. Um, 4b, Lot flees, uh, doomed Sodom, and settles in Moab. And that would be when Lot, that's parallel to when Lot chose the other land by sight, the, the good, the green part of Canaan.
2: So he's moving in because it was good. Now he's moving out because he realizes this place sucks. <laughs> it was not
0: good. <laughs> Three B, uh, God protects and enriches deceitful Abraham, Abraham in uh, in Philistia, um, which is you know paralleling with uh, with when he was deceitful in Egypt. And so this portion three B yeah. is with Abimelech. Two B, birth of Isaac and the climax of I guess the other sorry the other two weren't births. The other two were the the birth of Isaac, uh, birth of Ishmael, and then six B was the promise right. of Isaac. Um, but 2B is the birth of Isaac, and then the climax of Abraham's spiritual odyssey, which is his sacrifice, or the binding of Isaac, sorry. Mm. Uh, And then ending with, in 1B, the genealogy of Nahor.
1: Yeah. How overt is this chiastic structure? Because this is the first one I've seen, and I'm like, I don't know about that.
0: Bruce Waltke goes over it for pages and pages and pages. I'm going to try to put this chiastic structure somehow in the comments of the YouTube video, because it's... I'm sorry we just ran through that real hard, but yeah. it's, it's very interesting.
2: Yeah, this is one of the ones where it's like, the one in Noah is like, the it's matched with verses. So it's easy to see if you put all the verses together. You can see like, oh, the phrasing is the same. Mm-hmm. This one is a themed chiasm. And so it's, you have to understand the theme of each of these stories and then read it as a
1: whole to see the chiastic structure. So it's much harder to find. Well, it's a method of Scripture interpreting Scripture. Yeah. Right? If you can find parallel verses that can then speak into each other, uh, mm-hmm. which is, which is yep. interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, so that's cool because this leads directly into themes. Um, and three of the themes that, two major themes and one kind of just that's there. The two major themes are covenant and faithfulness. He brings up promise. I kind of put that in. It's it's in both because God makes a provi- uh promise through the covenant, and God is faithful to those promises. But faithfulness also, a lot of people focus, especially the New Testament, focuses on the faithfulness of Abraham. Mm-hmm. You've got the the Stephen speech. Um, you've got the Paul. Yeah, listen and
0: Paul both in Romans and Corinth and. Galatians, sorry. Yeah,
2: and the Hebrews, by faith. Yes. uh, Speech, where he goes through all these characters, and it says, by faith, Abraham, blah, blah, blah. But the story, I feel, I I think I see it, is squarely pointing out in every story the faithfulness of God Mm -hmm. in every single event.
0: Well, the center point of that chiasm is Ishmael's born, which is him trying to bring about the covenant, and then the Matching center points, the, the pair yeah. of the center points, is then Isaac is like, yeah, no, the no Sarah is going to have be the covenant. mother of, the, of yeah. the covenant child, the yeah. promised God child. Not you can't yeah. bring it out by your own effort. And then he gives him the the uh, covenantal seal of. of now reposition. here's the thing:
2: you're looking at your 90 year old wife, going, "We're gonna have a child." She laughs at you. They laugh. She at laughs at you, um, <laughs> for anatomical reasons. You can't have a child when you're 90, but they don't know what it means when God says you're going to have a child. Well, Abraham does, it appears. Yeah. <laughs> but he backs out of that real easy Yeah. when faced with confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which there's some parallels there with uh, Adam and Eve in that story. Yeah. If you want to get real deep into that specific story, go watch the Bible Project podcast on abraham they do a really good job on it's also so long yeah um but that specific story that guy does a great job at showing you the parallels um and i don't think we should copy him and just redo what he did um so you've got the yeah so the themes you've got faithfulness let's do covenant first god makes the covenant with abraham it's Why he pulls him to the land? He says, "I'm going to make covenant." Shows him the stars and the skies, and says, "I'm going to give you descendants as many as these." Mm. Um, What the? So,
4: just for a reminder, what exactly does covenant mean? Where does it come from?
0: Covenant. Well, it's it's that two, the birds and the the beast mm. thing that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, because
2: you literally the phrase is cut a covenant. Mm -hmm. Would a contract be a close approximation?
1: Oh. You would get in trouble if you followed it to its full conclusion, but it's close enough colloquially. Yes. It's the colloquially
2: it's the sure closest. Yeah, yeah.
4: Just trying to relate it to someone who might not understand.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a it is. It's related to vassal treaties, mm-hmm. um, but the covenant specifically is between two people. You make an agreement, and the conditions are heavy. Mm. Um, and like they have, every everything back then. Yeah. The consequences are dire. The consequences are dire because you go to a valley, like in the story, cut the animals in half. You put them on either side of the hills mm-hmm. so that the blood runs down into the valley and you walk through it, symbolizing if you break the conditions of the covenant, you will be like these. Well, they cut not, you in that half. That was
0: like the highest form of, of looking at covenants, too. Yes. There was like other ways they did it, like a hand under the thigh and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is... In modern day, or I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan and David's covenant. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, but a covenant can be used as like a promise, but it can also be used as like a vow, you yeah, know, and that yeah. kind of thing. I, I've yeah.
4: seen this one compared to like what lords of houses or kings would make mm-hmm. for the Abrahamic covenant specifically,
0: like a pledge of allegiance yeah. to yeah. a lord would be yeah. would be very and, close. And the yeah, covenant yeah. God
2: makes with Abraham does match a lot of the the prototypical versions of a suzerain vassal treaty, but a lot of that comes in heavier with the covenant of Moses Mm -hmm. because he's making it between a god and a nation. Here he's making (laughs) it with a man. And so you see more of those personal aspects, whereas later you see a lot of the more kingdom aspects of a covenant. Mm. But God is faithful. And every time Abraham is faced with the potential failure of God to carry through his promise, and Abraham tries to fill in the gap, mm-hmm. uh, God proves to him his faithfulness with Sarah mm-hmm. having a kid. Um, Sarah being given to Pharaoh as well. Sarah being given to Pharaoh, and he's like, oh, if, the, if you die, this can't happen. Let's make sure this doesn't happen. God's like, no, I'm, I've got you. It's just he doesn't have the Bible to look back on and, <laughs> and see the evidence of God's faithfulness.
0: To be fair, when he leaves his family's land... As far as as far as we know, as you know, mm-hmm. modern readers and whatnot, he left behind his household gods. Mm-hmm. He follows a relatively, as far as we can tell, unknown god to him, yes. who makes, who, makes a, who promises him land, and perhaps a and and descendants. So it's it's not like he's like you're saying. He looks at the Bible and goes, "Ah, oh, God <laughs> always fulfills all his promises all the time," and that makes mm-hmm. sense Cause <laughs> it's a leap of faith, yeah. you
2: could say. Yeah. Yeah the only counter to that idea that i've heard mm-hmm. is he is from the descendants of people that had relationships with god from noah in yes. the so he may have been from like the
0: family line oh Th- our, this is true my my but, counter to that yeah. is that when they take so when when they interact with his like family relatives back home they to get a husband yeah. for Uh, Isaac and Jacob, technically, um, they have household gods. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. the one leaves and the one takes their household gods. And so if anything, I I think the text indicates his old family had separate gods. Yep. Um, And
2: near the end, we'll get into Sarah. Mm. Um, But, so yeah, so you've got covenant. Heavy theme. The covenant is reinitiated multiple times. You've got the major covenant when he shows them the stars and the the Mm. sand of the seashore. And he says, you'll have as these, you'll have a nation, you'll have a son
0: and I will bless you in the whole world. I have a question. Yes. Because I've read I read a couple different books for this, Yeah, trying to prep for this. Several will go, they're the same covenant, it's being expanded or yep. given more definition. Mm-hmm. Others will say, these are different covenants yep. that God is really? making with Abraham. Yeah. Um, how do you react to that, Josh? I think, so in reading
2: on the covenant where the, Circumcision is brought in, mm-hmm. it's a narrowing focus on the nation and the family, mm-hmm. the descendants aspect. And so it's still about that major covenant, mm-hmm. but it's that is a, a because when what is circumcision? Circumcision is you're physically creating a physical marker on your body that you're a part of a, a group of people, a family, or a nation, mm-hmm. which is directly related to the covenant. The sign that you're a part of that family and that nation.
0: It's also no small thing that it takes, that it occurs right after Ishmael's birth. Yeah. And that whole Ishmael stuff. Mm.
2: Not just that. It's uh, a lot of scholars bring it into, why circumcision? Why the genitals? Because well, that's where descendants come from. So the, the symbol, well, and then you relate to baptism later on. Why water? Right? Why, why this symbol of being buried and raising again? Because of the resurrection, the promised resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so you see the the, the 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 symbol of the covenant, of initiation, is a sign of the promise that is being given through the initiation process. Yep. Yeah. And so the circumcision being brought into that family, that nation, through which the covenant is made, which uh, that ties it directly to that covenant. It's at least a narrowing if it's not the same. Okay. And then the last one, God adds more, mentions the covenant again at the sacrifice of Isaac. That blessing of the whole world. And there you see the not only is that story, and this gets into your book earlier about biblical theology. What is the relationship between New and Old Testament? How are we supposed to read it as a continuity, as a history or redemptive arc? Mm-hmm. The themes directly relate to stuff that happens in the New Testament. He provides a child for Abraham, but also through the sacrifice of Isaac, you see themes direct. Sorry, you see themes directly related to Christ. God will provide a lamb in substitute, Mm -hmm. the lamb of God, Jesus. Um, And he is
0: sacrificed. Okay, so he goes down south, right? Yeah. Do you think, because like people debate, Mm -hmm. the mountain range, Mm. I forget the name of it already. Mariah. Mariah. yeah. Um, He was sort of with an M, but I wasn't confident (laughs) enough to go and sacrifice his son. Right. Yeah, And there's, like, the whole thing of, like, hey, we will go up and we will come back down, he tells his servants. And it's, like, yeah. almost as though he expects something's going to happen because he knows yeah. it's Isaac. Yeah. Um, What do you think of the people who go to the same mountain as Jesus was, was crucified on? Or at least same mountain range? Or, like, at the very least, we know it's the same small location. are yeah, within a few kilometers th- of each
2: other. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah. Because if it's it's all in that one hundred kilometer land, it's like he might have been sacrificed in Abbotsford, and Jesus was sacrificed on the mountain between Abbotsford and Langley. Yeah, like
1: I don't know if that analogy yeah. is going to track very well. Yeah, look at us knowing where our listeners come from. Look at, from. Yeah, look a at a a the lower
2: mainland, British Columbia. <laughs> Read a book. No, uh, <laughs> Think of
4: Mount Rushmore, and it's just one head over. You know? Can you figure out where we live? <laughs>
1: But there's a cool, like, cosmic drama going on if that happens. Yes. Oh, it's so awesome! Very so, cool. Yeah. Now, here's
2: the thing: isn't that also what they claim is the in the Muslim faith? Yes, Islam? The Temple Rock. Oh,
1: yeah. I don't know enough yeah. about that to really throw. I I don't that
4: know. If, I don't know if that's true. They. Yeah. Uh, I do. I'm pretty sure that a lot of Muslims claim that it's Ishmael who is sacrificed, and not Isaac who is mm.
0: sacrificed. Like you're talking about Dome of the Rock.
4: Yeah, uh, okay. that's also. I know where, that Isaac and Ishmael in uh, yeah. Islam build it together. Yeah. isn't that
0: where Muhammad also was last yeah. seen? And like, that's another reason why it's a yeah. holy site for them. Yeah,
2: it's like second to Mecca in importance. Yeah, isn't and, there a piece? Isn't there is a Medina rock in the middle? There's
1: a rock in the middle. I thought. Yeah, we'll have to clarify some things after the yes. podcast.
2: Um we'll also we'll do a Abrahamic religions. Episode later, not in this one. That'd be so cool. Um,
1: hey, wait, no, let's finish the cosmic drama thing. Yes. I had a whole point there. Joel, take us away. <laughs> okay, cool. If God is standing outside of time, and you know, if He is truly a friend of Abraham, kind of a mm-hmm. thing, then at the same time He is sacrificing His Son. Yeah. On the cross, He sees Abraham yeah. Yeah. the same, and
0: then He provides a sacrifice, a substitute, yeah. a substitute. Yeah, which sacrifice. is
1: is crazy that. Archetypal, is, you could say. It is archetypal. Yeah, we'll say yeah. it's a theophany. Maybe I don't know, I don't know if it is. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I don't know. I'm not uh, enough of a systematician to throw that one down. It's a ram. Provides right. Yeah. 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 It's a ram. Anyways, yeah. there's a cool thing with the zazel in there, but that's not really a Let's thing. Let's no. 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 we no, to talk no, about no, no, this. No. Isn't about demons. This is something else. <laughs> um, How very oh, Catholic of you! Of very cool. How, How very you. Catholic of you! I felt like I was constructing yeah. a cinematic universe, and then I. Hunt yep. demons again. Yep. to uh, <laughs> everyone. Well, it? if you're going to construct a cinematic universe, demons have to come into it. Oh, absolutely. In the later seasons, when you're running out of ideas, like it's Marvel. Yeah. Anyway, so, like Marvel. Man, this went nowhere.
2: <laughs> okay, can I bring in more of the? I'm going to bring in more of the covenant aspects There's into more? the New Testament. Yeah. Um. You get the the promise of a land. Canaan becomes the land of Israel, and that becomes the land where the kingdom, the people, the descendants of God. Live, the descendants of Abraham live. You've also got the nation, Israel itself. The descendants of Abraham go to Egypt. They become the Hebrews. The Hebrews become the Israelites.
0: And they're supposed to bless all the nations around them with their knowledge and relationship with God, much yes. like how Abraham was going to yep. bless yes. the nations. Yes.
2: Oh, oh. Connection. Um, wow. But because they failed and God is faithful, he provided a child. Jesus, yes, mm-hmm. that lived in the land of Israel, mm-hmm. that create brought the kingdom of God, the new land, quote unquote. Yep, yeah, um, that kind of, and the people in that la- that kingdom, Christians, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, as numerous as the stars in the heavens, both sand in the
0: in the seashore, in mm-hmm. the
2: seashore, spread across the world and bless the nations. Yep, and you see another tie back into. Tower of Babel through Pentecost when that is realized, I will make a name for you. I will mm. bless the nations through you. Yep. Blah blah blah. blah. And that's a dope story. <laughs> Welcome to a, a biblical biblical
0: the- word. Yeah, I agree. Welcome <laughs> to a biblical
2: theology of bless the nations through Abraham. <laughs>
4: well, the thing is that uh, Abraham starts to be. Uh, well, I don't want to say a type, but he is the quote unquote quintessential character in the Bible, of which a lot of theology and stuff, and yeah. I mean, everything derives from Abraham, the seed of Abraham, Yeah, from that
2: point on kind of thing. Every time faithfulness is brought up, Abraham's name is right in that that text. Arguably it's the start of history in the Bible as well. Yeah,
4: um,
0: arguably, yeah.
1: Uh, Paul name drops Abraham all the time. Many times. Yeah. Just like, hey, remember Heavily. Abraham? They're like, yeah, we remember Abraham.
0: <laughs> well, and that gets... <laughs> <laughs>
2: well and somebody's tired (laughs) yeah um and so then you've got yeah you brought up the history point that what i thought was cool was there was there was a there's continuity for there's arguments for abraham existing there's arguments for abraham not existing as a person in history um i think with the amount that's written about him (laughs) and the fact that the jews are here it would be hard for him not to exist that's fine it's also it's written in the style of this
4: was a real person it's not like yeah. even genesis 1 to 11 where you could yeah. make an argument that some you of these people didn't exist or not or whatever yeah. this this is very different
2: yeah. um so this takes place around 2000 to 1800 bc mm-hmm. um one of the continuity errors is we have no proof that camels in mass are domesticated and herded then at that can, time. Can you tie up?
0: that? Because it sounds like you just went, <laughs> <laughs> right no, in you know what? Here's it
2: the can't be Abraham.
1: There's no, no camels. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: The point is, is that when God, when Abraham sends his servant to go get a wife for Isaac, he brings with him 10 camels that carry the stuff mm-hmm. for Rebecca and the family, the, the dowry or whatever. And the argument is, is, well, that couldn't have happened because we have no historical evidence that camels in mass were domesticated and herded at that time and used in such a way a giant mass of them
0: wouldn't have to be just 10 of them
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but as a man who had camels, sheep blah 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 they're like hey well he can have all the other things but not camels and my argument is well maybe you just haven't found the historical evidence yet like that's not an argument like like from absence i'm just saying there's still time there's many times in the biblical archaeology where they're like this couldn't have happened like the entire the entire hittite empire yeah Yeah. the hittites don't exist until they found that in the 70s they found this the third biggest empire in the middle east uh competing with egypt and the assyrians for forever yeah um uh, but then also you've got the cyrus cylinder oh emperors wouldn't get rid of all their slaves and then the Cyrus Cylinder is found and it's an edict that says, Hey, get rid of all the slaves. Send them back home. We're gonna <laughs> rule with knife. <knights. laughs> D- David yeah. wasn't a real person, and they find evidence. Coins with yep. David King of King of Israel.
0: Uh
4: yes. There's it's, also inscriptions.
0: It's his son. Yes. And then it's sorry. It this is uh Yeah. I can't think of his son, son's name, Solomon. Shlomo. It's the Hebrew. Solomon? Shlomo? You, Sol- can think of Shlomo Sol- you can think of Shlomo, you couldn't think
1: of Solomon? Yeah. <laughs> I know, at He's the funnier of the two. Shlomo's funny. He doesn't sound as wise.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's Solomon, son of David. Shlomo sounds like Solomon's
1: brother that doesn't get the spotlight. <laughs> That's why he sounded so wise, because he always spoke in Shlomo. Well, that, was, that was dumb. <laughs> Um, I, just I think a big, we won't need to talk about David for much longer, but, yep. um, but there is a,
2: another historical thing is there is a, what's known as the Mari tablet, which mm. is in the city of, I have it here, uh, the city of Mari, which is the capital of the,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it.
3: Oh, I, I was in
2: another town, and I was like, oh, no, the Mari town is from the city of Mari. You guys got mad at me for <laughs> doing slow mo <laughs> um, no, sure It served as the capital of the Amorites. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, okay. Can we get back into this, guys? Oh, you're into <laughs> it. We're still... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad, I'm, so glad, I, I'm, Brad, I'm glad i'm glad we brought some comedy into this oh my gosh um okay so Mari was the thriving city uh and became the capital of the amorites it started in 2800 bc mm-hmm. uh his first historical note that's 300 years older than the pyramids and then to 1760 it became <laughs> <laughs> No how old the pyramids the pyramids are dated to 2,500 BC.
1: Okay. Who dated the pyramids? <laughs> 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 All Guys, right, it's it's let's, let's stay on track. That's funny. But okay, I'm
3: getting
4: Celeste less and
1: less intelligent as the podcast goes on. the
2: capital of the Amorites around 2000 to 1760, which is near the time of, which is in that direct time of Abraham. And on that, there was 15,000 clay tablets that were found in that city. Holy in moly. Yeah.
1: But they're like the size of like, <laughs> like, 100,000 more mummies than were found in the pyramids Stop Stop <laughs>
3: That's, That's a good one uh, uh,
2: So 15,000 clay tablets Written in cuneiform were found. The same number
3: All right.
4: Podcast listener You're just going to have to All give right. us a moment Let's
0: get a little Great Deep breath, Have Josh. Slow tell me about the tablet of Mari. Yes, so
2: so the Mari tablets come from the city of Mari, in which starts in like 2800 BC to 1760 BC. It becomes the capital in 2000 of the 2000 BC of the Amorites, okay. which is a known biblical city nation around Israel, um, which is also where Abraham was circling in those areas. Well, they found 15,000 clay tablets written in cuneiform. They're like the size of a palm. Most of them. Uh, they found them in the ruins, and they would just get, like, thrown into, like, storerooms huh. um, in areas. They found the same thing in Uruk, where they just found, like, 5,000. It's the one of the earliest records of writing at yeah. 5,000 B.C. Yeah. Yeah. The Anyways, but on one of them, there's, like, letters, treaties. So you see the pattern of treaties like the covenant with Abraham. Mm-hmm. You see the pattern of, like, literary works, like, stuff like that. Um, letters, uh, like, taxes,
1: a lot of receipts for yeah. some reason yeah there
2: was, there was one tablet in the uruk one that was like hey uh to olamon and Olanu, the son of olamon uh, on your way to Damascus, make sure when you're passing through these three cities if you're going to get there's going to be tariffs at the gates you can also go through the back roads like the side roads that don't go through the towns but you're gonna have to worry about like thieves mm-hmm. right and it was like it's like 5000 bc and it's just like, they're worrying about taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trade tariffs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also the oldest uh, reference to Damascus. Um, cool. uh, but anyways, but on one of them specifically is a, the notice, uh, a cultural practice, which is if you have a wife, and she can't produce a child because she's either barren or culturally unsupposed to remain celibate, her servant would take over and have a kid. But then if the actual wife was... A, produced a child, the right of firstborn would pass from the oldest child of the servant to the oldest child of the actual wife, which is what you see with Hagar and Sarah from, even though Ishmael's the oldest, the birthright is given to Isaac. Right.
1: So the idea is that it's the firstborn of the first wife. Yeah. Okay, cool. And Um, that's like legally binding under who? uh, Or it's just like common practice?
2: Culturally. Culturally. Mm, Okay. Mm. Mm. Um, And so... What's so interesting about that is, and then also there's mentionings of a city named Nahor and the mentionings of the city that's still around, Haran, which Haran, the city that you can go to in Turkey, which is also this, the game, um, there's a zombie game that takes place in Haran. That city's probably Wait, named is after- Dying Light? Dying Light. Oh! <laughs> it, it's named, you're playing a zombie game in a city named after Abraham's grandfather. Cool. Mm. Yeah. And there's another town named Nahor, which is his uncle which Nahor doesn't exist anymore, but in this tablet, it does. Probably named after Abraham's uncle, which is so cool. And that's where the historical evidence for Abraham ends. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. Other than the Bible, which is a massively historical book, but yeah. Yeah, that was just some of the historical stuff that I thought was really interesting. Mm. Did we want to get into specific stories that we like?
4: I think that it's worth going over... Especially the binding of Isaac. Okay, yeah. let's
1: go around the table. Everyone, do a story.
4: I think story time. With is there any other ways to is binding of Isaac might be a good one to save for last?
1: I think
2: yeah, yeah. Let's save it for last, and let's so that everybody knows. Uh, Caleb is doing
0: uh, Isaac. I'm doing Isaac next yeah. week, and so you'll hear it then. That's probably going to come up a lot. Actually, even, even though not. it's in Abraham's story, yeah. it's still it's I it's going to come up. Yeah. It's not a major theme. It means more for Abraham than it does for Isaac. Yep. It means stuff for Isaac. <laughs> as we find out through Jacob. Yes. But it has more significance for Abraham. Kind of yeah.
1: traumatic, you know, if you think about it.
0: Yeah.
2: Jacob calls God the fear of Isaac with a capital F.
0: That's in English though, but yeah. But <laughs> the, the sure. emphasis on There's a capital F in the Hebrew yeah. too. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so one of the things that I like though. Yeah is if we're going to share stories that we like from Abraham yep. stuff is when he goes in to intercede on behalf of Sodom. Yes. It's so cool to me. Yep. And it's, you know, it's like, eh, what about 50 righteous people? What about, yep. you know, what about 20? What about 10? And it's just, ah, and then yep. he just kind of goes, okay, well, I guess will the Lord of all the earth do what is right.
3: Yeah.
0: You just trust God. And that's, I, for whatever reason, I always find myself like when I'm, especially in, after a long conversation or whatever about yeah. uh, theodicy and like yeah. how does God work with you know human suffering mm. and how does judgment work and why are these these people just getting away with stuff and then at the end I'm just right okay Lord of all the years will do what is right he's mm. okay <clears throat> I don't know it's it's something that I always end up my brain always just brings back up I, I like it it's good yeah, cool.
2: what I like about that story is. You would think talking to a god, as we've seen in earlier Genesis, wipes out the entire planet, Tower of Babel, just creates multiple languages Mm -hmm. and forces it upon individuals that they spread out. Mm -hmm. Even Sodom and Gomorrah, which happens in this segment. is Mm -hmm. Abraham talks to him, and he asks him the same question seven times. He's like, hey, if there was 50 righteous men in this town, would you kill them and God's like no I would not judge the city if 50 righteous men are in the town mm-hmm. hey God can I ask you one more question yeah what's up
0: yeah <laughs> would you do it if there was 40 well it's it's Abraham coming like in a in a very real yeah. moment realizing the the type of the type yeah. of God that he's mm-hmm. in a covenant with yeah but also the state of humanity the depth yeah saying like, oh it's not just Oh, so there's not 50 people in that righteous people in that city. Oh, there's not there's not 20 righteous people in that city. Oh, there's not a single one. Okay, and so so it it reveals God's position and His grace and the the His character to Abraham, and it reveals the state of humanity to Abraham. And it's such a oh, it's so good. Just just to mention a small tiny
4: tangent, does the Jonah story and how Jonah expects for the destruction of Nineveh tie at all with this story
0: um, linguistically, mm. not to my knowledge. Okay, um, is there a, a, like a thematic ties? Yeah. I mean, they're both standing on the outside of a city, going, "God, do something." <laughs> they're opposites. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't think so because the in Abraham's account, he's kind of like there's got to be righteous people in there, mm. and according to both. God and Jonah. Yeah, the uh, the Ninevites. There's not enough righteous people in there. The other thing I like
2: about this story is this is where, we, like, Western law gets the um, the articulation for uh, presumption of innocence.
0: Really? You think so? For yes. There?
2: So Blackstone's ratio, uh, William Blackstone, who created the, the English version of it in the 1760s, directly quotes the story of Abraham. Interesting. And, yeah, and he says it is better that ten guilty persons escape than one innocent man. Really is interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. Because I know that's a key yeah. part of American and, law. But. Yeah, and so America got it from them. um And there's like some other stories throughout history that are related to that story. I've learned something. Yeah, but it, <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, what the well, heck? And they mix it with because the Western world is, as Tom Holland's book Dominion that we have mentioned on the podcast before, get. Um, and just the, de- the developing Western culture out of Judeo-Christian values. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so you also get the sovereignty of the individual being made in the image yep. of God. So every individual. Human rights, all that kind of stuff. Human rights, right? And so his ratio was it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than that one innocent man suffers. Um, and he directly quotes this story and he's saying, God got a Lot and his family out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he destroyed the town.
0: Because there was nobody else. Because there was nobody else.
2: <laughs> But as long as Lot was there, God said he wouldn't destroy it. Interesting. Yeah.
4: That's really interesting.
2: Because he that's the final formulation. He says, if there is ten righteous men
0: there, I will not destroy the city. Okay. Here's, I have a Next. question, though. Is Lot righteous? Or is it a favor to Abraham? Maybe. I think <laughs> I think, it's, quote-unquote, countered as righteous because he takes in... Those two, the two angels that are yeah. sent in, mm. and then he tries to protect them, to, which is yep. like, and, and that's a huge thing in that culture: inviting a stranger in, you protect them with your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, without just devolving into Sodom and Gomorrah stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, and so I, I think, I think it's fair to say, not in, he's not righteous in that New Testament perfect yes. type sense, but it's that he is faithful to his word. Yep. Um, and that's more than enough for God to go. Okay, I need to get him out and, of the city because I'm going to destroy the city. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that story's super cool because of that, mm. um, and its relationship to modern day law and how we value
0: innocence until proven, innocent until proven guilty. Guilty. Whoa, yeah. man, that's mm. easy for you yeah. to say. <laughs>
2: Assumption of innocence too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joel, did you have a story?
1: I just like Melchizedek. I always yeah. talk about Melchizedek. <laughs> I came across a I have a bone to pick with you. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You're saying Melchizedek.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: I know. There's is a lot of how people you say that it? argue over this. Is it Melchizedek or is it Melchizedek? Oh, well, right, let me look yeah. it up I in Hebrew Hebrews. right it's, now. Because the word is Melek and Zadik. Yeah, but are you looking at how they would have used it in the Greek or the Hebrew? <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Why would they? Why would they use it in the, in the Greek? But it is in
2: English. It. it is spelled ch, so I understand
1: That's it. That's just Melchizedek, dude. And it's probably. A and I'm
2: willing to
1: bend the knee on it that. Super seems like you're not willing. <laughs> bone to pick. I'll give it up. I got a bone to pick with you. It's not <laughs> it an issue, fine. but here we go. <laughs> it's fine. What's what's the what's the consensus?
4: Come on, we need to prove Josh wrong. I mean, find out who's right. Melchizedek.
1: That's not right. It's I'm just <laughs> looking at the Hebrew. What do you What do you yeah. want? Fair enough. It, yeah. So that's how he would have said it, probably, if he introduced himself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or a controversial opinion. He may have said, I'm Jesus. No. No.
3: <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh,
1: let's, there are a, a weird sub... A uh, section of people that believe um, that this is Christ in physical form in the Old Testament. A lot of it's because of its use, his use in Hebrews, right? Yeah. 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 Calling Christ exclusively. The order of. No, <laughs> no. not exclusively. It's also in Psalms. No, but uh, the
0: argument of why people make this claim is because of Hebrews.
1: Yeah, but. But tied it's in also with Psalms as well. A little bit in the that. Psalms, tied into Messianic prophecy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, it's a whole thing. I'm with Joel on
4: this one. One of the um, Order of Mount I'm Leith. not okay. even arguing oh, if to this wasn't point, there, people wouldn't make the <laughs> arguments. <laughs> if you look up Melchizedek,
1: you're, you're going to find right. people who see him as a Christophany in a physical form. That's cool to what, me. What yeah. do you think about that? I don't think it's right. I don't think it's true. Um, he's, a, <clears throat> he's a type. He's the Christ figure
2: in that story because of how he behaves.
1: But you also have to to think of him as as like, why would he be there as a... It says he was a man of God, doesn't it? Or a a prophet of the Most High. the priest of the Most High. Priest of the Most High. Priest-King. Right? So then people have to um, reconcile that with, well, how? Because there wasn't an order of the Most High yet. Which is not true. No, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Have you you heard the arguments that it's Shem?
0: Yeah.
2: What?
1: Really? It's just Shem.
2: Yeah, because Shem, by his age, if you match Shem's age to the... uh, to the, uh oh, what is it? The the genealogy from Shem to a- Abraham. Yeah. Shem should still be alive.
0: That's pretty cool. How is that
2: tying with Babel, though? Um. Well, no, because if... if I don't think it does. Yeah.
4: Well, Whatever. if you're going to make a historical claim for <laughs> no, no, the genealogy, I, you have to do it for that, hey, too, right? Hey, do you? Why not? Maybe. Why would you? Because it's all tied in with the same themes and ideas, right?
0: Uh, I don't know. It's talking about people group. Um the point would just be that he's still alive. And Shem, son of Noah, knew God. He would be one of the through leaders. Noah. Yeah. And that his, his
2: descendants, Shem's descendants, I believe, in the um here's the thing, I don't I yeah, don't after, like that either.
0: I think you're wrong.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're no, right. They're associated with Egypt. Where not is with Egypt. Shem is associated with Egypt. Oh, at the end of Babel. Okay. I didn't know that. Yes.
0: Um our fact should have Sheila's. We're shouldn't. gonna have to do a whole episode yeah. on Melchizedek. Yeah. yeah, It's ties in Psalms See, I and told in you Hebrews. it's interesting. It's oh, interesting. it is interesting. <laughs> We've talked about it a lot. Yeah. I just yeah, I think it's also a good example for well scholars, but a- anybody also to develop their understanding of how the New Testament uses the old and how should we then read the old testament in light of the mm. new. How do we do that? It's a great example of how that relationship should be worked out. Test case for your hermeneutics. Just read Hebrews.
1: And not that Answers in Genesis article that I was referring to. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Another thing. With Abraham, when he goes to uh, to Egypt, gives uh, Sarah to Pharaoh as his sister, who's also his wife, does he lie? Only because I keep hearing people talk about it. I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) A lot of people,
4: including professors, disagree with us. Really? About what? Oh, yeah. Why? Sorry. I
2: totally zoned out.
4: Our professor disagrees with us.
2: He
1: doesn't think that?
4: Well, because it's a
0: half-truth. He
4: He says it's because um, God told him to do it, which is not true. He tells Isaac to do it in Isaac's story, but not to Abraham.
0: It gets into some interesting hermeneutics of how you should read narrative. If if a pattern exists in point A and then at point, point B, that same pattern shows up, and then there's slight modifications. Should you read those modifications back into into point A? Mm. I would say no. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's 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 the argument from Isaac, and then reading it back into Abraham's time.
4: He he also intentionally hides the truth to. Uh... To trick Pharaoh, not trick Pharaoh, but to um to basically not die. Yeah.
0: To to both Pharaoh and Abimelech.
4: An obfuscation of truth is a type of lying. If we want to go that far, nowadays we would say, "No, that's wrong. You should absolutely not do it." So why don't we say it for Abraham, kind of thing?
0: Because he's the he's the progenitor of everything. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I I don't know. I I think it's it's lying. Um. I think it shows that. I think it it goes. You have the comment that's not related, like, in exegetical terms, but I think it's plain understanding can be used here. Our faithful, faithlessness, it doesn't nullify God's faithfulness. Mm. and I think that's what's going, being pushed through there. That's yep. what's being shown.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, I and, bring it up because in, when we go over Isaac, I, I'll probably ask the similar question because it's a little contextualized differently there, but we can ignore it for now.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah um oh, what story do i like i like because of what the bible project did i really like the story of when the three men come to abraham yeah um and there's i'm not getting into the like is it god and the two angels that go to sodom and gomorrah or is it the trinity whatever which which part Which <laughs> part heard is this in? i've heard it yeah. Uh, okay. yeah so when god goes back to abraham and he says in a year you'll have a child This is Mm. when Sarah laughs. Yeah, Sarah laughs. Right, yeah. Um, But when he arrives, Abraham knows it's God. Mm -hmm. uh, And he goes and he gets uh, the fattened calf, Mm -hmm. the goat. And he brings it to him and gives it to him. And the Lord says, you have done good, right? What's interesting about that passage is this is a story. This is right after Ishmael. Uh, Adam, Abraham, and Sarah are paralleled to Adam and Eve a lot in the Mm -hmm. stories. And what I love about this story is so Abraham has already let Sarah control him like the curse with Ishmael to send Mm. Mm. Ishmael away. So they've already resembled the curse. Mm. Then in this story, you get Abraham goes to the goat and it's the same phrasing as the fall of Eve where he sees the goat, Mm -hmm. that it is good for eating. Mm -hmm. He takes it, but instead of eating it, gives opposite. it to God and God says you have done well. Mm-hmm. And there's this parallel between them and it's just a beautiful case of God is working that out. Doesn't and it's he come
0: in the hot of, the heat of the day the heat the of, the cool day, of the day which is referencing mm. to the
2: cool of the day mm-hmm. um you've all Interesting. Yeah, um and you've got the like the 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 narrative of like, he's like I'm giving you a son. The promise to destroy the serpent was through a son. Mm-hmm and so it's the these parallels they're just beautiful um and the bible project does a great job at expressing how beautiful that story is that kind of just gets people are just like oh he's reinitiating the prophecy sarah laughs, and then <laughs> and they're just like and then they just move on and it's just like no like that's, that's a big the, deal there the yeah. wording is so deep there um yeah
4: we want to finally go over binding of isaac really quick just because i think it ties into isaac Oh, if, if you guys.
1: Yeah, you know. What, let's do it. So, let's yeah, go through. It's probably binding the most Isaac. important
4: yeah. one. Okay, uh, the most important. It capstones Abraham's faith, doesn't it? Like you have the covenant, but the uh, binding of Isaac shows the faithfulness of
0: Abraham, and that he believed that. Well, I don't know if it's the most important. It's definitely up there. Sure. I don't know if it's the most important. We might want to fight over that after. Yeah, the let's f- let's <laughs> fight. Um, the fact that he
4: yeah. was about to sacrifice the son who was promised to him by God. Yeah, a lot like, of people point to, hey, he's a. He's presenting himself as a god of sacrifice now, and Abraham's willing to do it kind of thing. But the uh, the scapegoat, the it pre, is it? Predicts, predicts. No, it, foreshadows. Uh, Foreshadow. That's yeah. the right word. The well, Jesus eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, the substitutionary uh,
0: sacrifice. Yeah, substitutionary
4: yeah. of Israel and their uh, their law.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and you see that theme a lot of the the. Foreshadowing of the tithing, the foreshadowing of the king priest, the foreshadowing mm-hmm. of the faithfulness of God, the foreshadowing of Christ, the foreshadowing of the nation, the foreshadowing. I yeah. I also
4: think it's interesting how Hebrews eleven puts it um, that he believed in that God would raise him from the dead yep. and bring him back because yep. he trusted in God to do that. Yeah,
0: which is interesting. Well, and Isaac is said to be the mm-hmm. the promised child. Yes, mm-hmm. so he knows it's if God's going to fulfill His promises, which He said He will. Yep. yep if I sacrifice Isaac, something's gotta happen. Well, yeah. And those previous
2: stories show that, where he has failed to believe in God for those promises. Exactly. God's like, no, I'm faithful. No, I'm faithful. It leads up to this point where he's about to drive a knife into his son.
4: With the ultimate, <laughs> with the ultimate uh, yeah.
2: challenge, and he
4: is faithful this time. Yeah.
0: And, and arguably, there's an element of he's learning that the God he serves is not good with human sacrifice. He's not yeah, good with human
2: sacrifice? But not only that, it's there's a lot going. We on. like the nice, clean picture of God, mm-hmm. but God is complex. He deals with mm-hmm. the 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 darkness of humanity, stuff like that.
0: Foreshadowing with mm. with, with Isaac going into the next episode, yep. and then Should we kind in? of
2: explain the story. So God wakes up, has God tells Abraham to go sacrifice Isaac. He goes with his servant up to the mountain, and when they get to the mountain, they have wood, and he tells the servant to go back. And him and the child, Isaac, walk up the hill, and Isaac says, where's the sacrifice? And he says, don't worry, God will provide the sacrifice. He has already provided the sacrifice. They go up to the top of the mountain, he binds him to the, they build the altar, binds him to the table, he's about to put the knife into him. God says, stop! The angel comes,
4: stop! Am I right in saying that uh, it's described that he holds his hand. Not oh, like holding hands, he stays his hand, he keeps him from yeah. striking. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> not
0: known if that's a metaphor for what's going on right. or whether mm-hmm. that's a physic like a physical thing. Right. It probably yeah. is more like a his voice stopped his hand. Right. Right. Yeah. Um and just foreshadowing into Isaac's yeah. thing, and then we're gonna wrap it up with, with uh Joel's gonna wrap it up for us. And next week we're gonna talk about it. Isaac only mention only says the one line. Mm-hmm. And then the text presents that he's silent throughout it all. Yep. Isaac is faithful. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. and that's something that Isaiah picks up on. And who else goes silently like a lamb to be slaughtered mm-hmm. in a sacrifice? Jesus. Wow. Oh, wait, Joel yeah. Rapid.
1: Archetype. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening this far into the Second Rate Saints podcast. Uh, we've enjoyed having you guys and hope that you can leave a comment. Uh, wherever you can find our social media. You can go right to uh, secondratesaints.com and find a link to everything that we're trying to do and everything we're uh, putting out, hopefully weekly. That's kind of where we've been lately, and uh, honestly, we've got some great response. So thank you guys for that. Appreciate our audience, and you have a good week. Bye-bye. I hate Calgary.